We're going to be in Malachi. Malachi. We're going to be in the Old Testament today. Malachi. Malachi. Who knows where that is? Good. Amen. Last book of the Old Testament, right before Matthew. Malachi ends. Malachi was the end of the prophets. And he ends by saying, there's going to be a messenger that's going to come. How many know who that messenger is? Go ahead. Who is it? Kelly? No. John the Baptist. Good. Amen. For, for the Lord. And when you find it, stand with me. In Malachi chapter 1, verse 11. I'm going to read Malachi 1.11. The Bible says, For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. I thought the Lord didn't care about the Gentiles. It was only the Jews up until they rejected him. No, that's not true. All the way back in Genesis, the Bible says, uh, prophesied that the Gentiles shall always dwell in the tents of the Jews. And not in a physical sense, but spiritual. Amen? That Lord cares about every person on this earth, and he always did. But he established a people to be the lighthouse of the world. And did they do their job? We'll find out. And in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, um, for caring about everybody on this earth whether they care about you or not, you still care about them. Thank you for loving us, Lord. And while we were yet in our sin, while we were enemies in our mind by wicked works, Father, you died for us. You died for the ungodly, and you love us, and you proved that love. And uh, there's nothing more you need to do. You can rest. You can take your hand off everything because you've already done enough, and you've done it all. But yet you still uh, decide to work on our hearts. You still decide to pull us in with your love. And, Lord, the goodness of God, Lord, it draws us. It brings us back. It leads us to repentance. And, Lord, I pray you will help us all to see that, acknowledge that, that eventually our life has to become a life of praise for you. Eventually our lives have to be shifted, rearranged to get off of what our will is and what our goals are and direct it towards the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll bless this message, bless your word as it goes forth. Let it not return void unto yourself and do whatsoever you please with it. I pray for the children downstairs, Lord, that the best times in their life they'll remember were in church. I pray that you'll make this church uh, such as that Thank you for blessing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says in Malachi, let's read in verse 10, Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. And he's talking to Israel. Uh, and we're going to see that the, the priests here, uh, they, they went and formulated their lives, they, as natural as we are, we, we fall in line with just daily routine, what we do. 
And we're not careful. Uh, we'll lose our own heart. We'll lose our own purpose. And we'll almost become as cattle, just feeding in the meadow. And this is what we do. And even if good things are in your routine, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can uh, not even be, you're not even anywhere, right? I'll, uh, I'll wake up, I go to work, I come home, where's my dinner, I'm hungry. Uh, and then guess what? Then I go to bed. And then what do I do the next day? And then the next day. Oh, it's Wednesday night, I gotta go to church. Sunday, um, Sunday morning church. And then you follow this routine over and over and over and over again with good intentions, with good intentions. But your life becomes of no value for the Lord because, uh, listen, you're, you're not a, uh, a, a dead uh, thing. You're alive. Christ made us alive. Amen? Christ made us alive. And he gave us uh, something inside us called a free will. And the devil would try to disannul that. He'll try to numb you to the point where your praise is empty to God. You sing hymns, but it's empty because you lost heart. You fall in line with what you think is good, and then you just let it ride from there. But God doesn't want us to be like that. God wants us uh, to, to be personal with him. God wants us to talk with him. God wants us to uh, uh, see how good he is on a day-to-day basis. And not just fall in line with what is right and doing what's right. And thank God that you can get a good schedule going. Every, you, know, you wake up, you read your Bible, you, you spend time in prayer, you go to work, you be a light. But if you lose heart, if you lose the reality of, of why you're even doing it, then you're doing it for naught. God wants us to wake up. God wants us to be a channel of praise uh, for him. God wants us to acknowledge uh, why we're alive today. Why are you waking up? I talk to people. I'll say, uh, um, hey, you know, God is good. Hey, I, I pray every day. I say, God, thank you that I'm alive today. And it's, it's a general thing that people just say. But in reality, we need to be aware of why we're alive today. Listen, we, you have life. And if you were on, on the brink of death, some people say, oh, I don't care about dying. Um, the Bible says that Every man, everyone will give all they have for their own soul to spare your life. At that moment, you may not think that you don't care about your life. And you may live like it, but in reality you do. But the devil has just deceived you and he's actually stealing like a leech, like a giant. I remember one day we found this snapping turtle in the creek. Creek or creek? I lost half of you. <laughs> Flipped the snapping turtle over, and the whole bottom of his shell was this giant leech. The whole bottom. I don't want to, and I tried to pull it a little bit, but that thing was in, this thing was part of the turtle. The turtle can't see underneath his shell. Turtle just crawling around. But this leech, I mean, this thing was a big old leech like this, and it was the shape of the turtle shell. It was this big old round leech. And that leech became part of the turtle's life. Every day he woke up with it. Every day he carried this leech around. And the leech lived off this turtle. 
You know, and the devil tries to do that with us. And it, listen, Satan, you may go about your life, and even if you have a good routine down, I'm not trying to take anybody's routine down or away, um, but Satan, like a leech, will attach himself to your life, your schedule, your routine, and just suck out the joy, suck out the reason, suck out uh, your purpose, take away heart, to the point where you don't even think about anything. You just go about your life. And this is what God is saying here. And but he, listen, God doesn't want us like that. He wants some praise. He wants some glory. Uh, the splendor of the temple from the outside was something to be looked at. When, when Jesus uh, uh, came on scene, the, the disciples said, look at this temple. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? And Jesus said, uh, you know, I, I can, I'll tear this. Uh, he was talking about his temple, but it's going to be torn down in three days. It'll rise again. But then he talked about that temple and said that every stone will be torn down, not one left upon another. And that happened about 40 years after that, when Rome came in and took and just leveled everything, leveled Israel and scattered them upon the face of the earth. But God's saying here, listen, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. My name shall be great. Let's look at verse 14. But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. What's that mean? God's saying uh, we, we get by with giving God our leftovers. Now, listen, when you're in a reality that how good God is for you, you're willing to give him your life. You're willing to give him your time. You're willing to give him your best. You're willing to give him your all. God is worthy of it. He's the king of kings. Crown him with many crowns. Bring forth the royal diadem. You save the best crown uh, in, in the treasury. And you bring it out when Christ, as he's sitting on a throne, and you bring it to him and say, Lord, this is our best. Here you go. And we put it on your head for you to wear. For you are worthy. You are worthy. And God uh, in our lives is worthy to receive um, not just uh, good, but he's deceived. he uh, deserves the best. He deserves the best. And if you're able to, give God your best. And what you think is good may not be your best. Give God your best. Give God your best. Come to church. Give him your best. Give God your best. Don't go any further. Don't take another step because you're wasting your time. Don't allow the devil to rob uh, the joyous blessings of having a life of praise for God. There is nothing. Listen, when you lift up Christ, the Bible says he'll lift you up. And you, we wonder why we're down so much. You need to lift up the Savior. Wonder why you get in a slump because you need to lift up the Savior. Wonder why you feel so low because you need to lift up the one who is worthy. We're not worthy to be lifted up. But when you lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, he who is higher has the power to lift you up. And he who lifts up, no one can bring down. We exalt ourselves. Listen, Satan, like a leech, will steal the joy out of why you're doing what you're doing, why you're even here today. 
The Bible says, for, for from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. Amen. That's a prophecy about the church, about us right here. Say, I want to be in prophecy. You are. We're in the end times. Do you believe? This verse right here, the church, Gospel 8 Baptist Church, you're in it. You're in prophecy today. You're in prophecy this morning. For from the rising of the sun, even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. John the Baptist, he was of the priesthood lineage of Levi. Brother Rob read about that this morning a little bit. But Levi, the 12 tribes of Israel, Levi, God chose the priesthood. How many, how many know who God chose for the kings of Israel? What lineage? Anybody? Judah. Yeah, Judah, right? And that's where Christ, but thou Bethlehem of Judah, the lineage of David, amen, and Levi, and specifically of Aaron. And John the Baptist was of the lineage of Aaron. His father was a priest, a Jewish priest, Zacharias. His mother of the priesthood of Aaron, of Levi also, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, amen, but this time, you had a man, uh, Zacharias was a faithful priest, the Bible says, and all the laws, ordinances, and he was just faithful at what he did. But uh, the priesthood was of family lineage. So John the Baptist would also be a priest. But he was a little different. This time, he wouldn't serve in the temple. You know where John the Baptist went, the Bible says, from childhood? He went out in the deserts eating, living off locusts and wild honey. Someone set apart for God. Now, you don't have to eat like that to be set apart for God. But John the Baptist, the Bible says uh, that in, in Isaiah uh, chapter 40, that he would refuse um, strong drink. He would refuse wine, which means all the pleasures of life and, and everything uh, that would taste good to everybody in, on this world, in this world, all the flesh here, John the Baptist didn't want it. He didn't want to partake. His parents were already old uh, when they had him. It was almost as if a second Abraham came. But this time, John the Baptist was going to set things right. You see, the priesthood was ordained to be servants of God. The incense that they offered up wasn't just about uh, smells in a temple. No. Represented prayers, prayer, praying, all the ordinances of food and, and everything else that people uh, would nitpick. It didn't represent uh, um, physical food, but the word of God, how we, we should eat daily what is right and, and, and take it to us, the pure word of God. And what we would put on, all the laws, ordinances about what we would put on, the clothing. God doesn't care about, he doesn't, he's not a God that looketh on the outward appearance. But others do. And God cares about how 
we appear to others and how, uh, how we act and how we conduct ourselves and our testimony before men. This shall all men know that ye are my disciples when ye love one another. And love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is of God, the Bible says. You know, a lot of uh, talk about racism and hate and all. Listen, there is not one person on this earth that produces love. I don't care who it is. Every single person born, if you're human, a natural fruit you produce is hatred. You can try to pretend to love, but it's not real. Why? Because love is of God. Love is of God. Love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. And you don't know true love. We can pretend to love. You can pretend uh, to care about somebody. But hatred is what we bear. It's natural. Love is of God. Love is of God. And when somebody wants to know true love, first they need to meet the one who does love us. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. They get saved. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God comes in that person. And now they walk in the Spirit of God and they can bring forth fruits of the Spirit. And one of them is love. Amen. And we need to love each other. We need to show this world what true love is. And when people come to this church, they need to feel loved and feel because if, listen, if they don't feel loved around you, then where are they going to feel loved? If they can't get help at the hospital, somebody who's sick, then where are they going to get help? Where do you go when you're sick? Where do you go when there's no hope? You're ready to face death. And this world is ready to face death because they don't see any love. They don't see any hope. Chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, And now, ye priests, this commandment is for you. This commandment is for you. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. You have cursed them already because you do not lay at the heart. Sometimes we strive against what God bless us with. Listen, God is warning here. He said, this is for the priest. Do you know the moment you get saved? Check this out. Do you know the moment you get saved? The Catholic Church talks that they have, they, they say they have priests. Listen, that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. Just, just to have an ordained office of a priest is saying that Jesus Christ never died on the cross. That's what that means. Because my Bible says in Mark chapter 15 that when the Lord Jesus Christ, before he said it is finished, before he gave up the ghost, he looked up, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus Christ is the only one that has power to forgive. And the Bible says after he gave up the ghost, the veil of the temple, check this out, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from everything else, the veil that uh, excluded 
God from everyone else. And only one person, the high priest, would go over there with the blood sacrifice, go in there and offer atonement for the people once a year. Once a year, that veil that separated, the people needed the priest for him to go in. That veil. The Bible says when Christ died on the cross was ripped from the top all the way to the bottom, all the way, permanently in half from top to bottom, allowing access for anyone through the blood of Jesus Christ to go into the Holy of Holies, not the temporary temple on earth, but the permanent temple which is in heaven, permanently established. And now the Bible says, and now you are chosen generation in 1 Peter, a royal priesthood, because now we're not of the lineage of Levi. Now we're not of the lineage of Judah. Now we are the lineage of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings. We're of that lineage through his blood, by his spirit, and we are made a priest, meaning we can go in, not for anybody else's sin, We could pray for them. But for our own sin, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, oh God. Forgive me. And and you're accepted. He'll never strike you dead like some of the priests were struck and dead because of their sin. He'll he'll never turn you away. The Bible says, uh, they that cometh to God, he will no wise cast out. He won't cast you out. But he welcomes you. He draws you. He loves you. That veil was rent from the top to the bottom, permanently abolishing the priesthood forever. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. You're a priest because you get to go in. You get to go into the Holy of Holies. You could pray when you wake up. You could pray before you go to bed. You could pray at any time. You can offer sweet incense to the Lord like Zacharias did. You can uh, serve the king of kings. You don't have to be in a special lineage. You don't have to be of a special bloodline. You don't have to be of a special status. You're accepted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're made a priest after him. What beautiful words. What beautiful plan that God set. Now, you priest, this commandment is for you. The Bible says in verse 13. And this have you done again, covering of chapter 2, the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, with crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or receiveth it with good will at your hand. You would assume that your heart, if, if you're serious enough, like Esau was, The Bible says Esau sought it with tears. You would assume that if you constantly get back up and you just keep on adding, you keep on praying and seek God with tears at the altar, weeping, crying out, and so much they regardeth. Listen, there comes a time. There comes a time where you're going to miss out on God's blessings in your life. I know people that have been telling me for years. One day I'm going to serve God. I know people, one day I'll get saved.
We don't have power over time. One day I'll praise God. One day my life will be a, a channel of praise to God. One day. That's one of the biggest deceptions of Satan. You got a leech on your back. You might not see it. You can't see your back. You don't know what's going on. One day, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do some great things for God. And God stirs your heart and you, you cry to the altar. But the Bible says there comes a point where God's just, man, this one day's never going to come. I've noticed in my own life that I wait for God to do some good things, great things in my life to turn me. And I found out that God has been waiting for me. And when you try to wrap your mind around it, you can't because that is one of the deceptions of the devil. You only have so much time to live. You only have so much time to praise God with. He was telling the priest this. Chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Behold, I'm going to send my messenger. He's going to prepare the way before me. This is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist came and he did. He did it. He did it. The Bible says he was the greatest man ever born. Greatest man. He was a messenger of God. That's what a priest is, is a messenger of God. You're saved today. You are a messenger of God. God hath chosen you, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The Bible says in 1 Peter, who should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil of you, God hath chosen us to be a light in this world, a channel of praise for his honor and glory. God raises up people. He says, I'm going to send forth John the Baptist. He's going to come. He's going to be, in Isaiah chapter 40, um, the Bible says he's going to come. And make a highway in the desert for God. In a place where there is no roads built. In a place where people are not. John the Baptist is going to build a highway for the Lord in the desert. The angel Gabriel told Zacharias that he shall turn many, many unto the Lord. He's going to turn many unto the Lord. He said, that's prophecy. Uh, he's a special person. He didn't, he didn't have to deal with I, uh, what I deal with. He didn't have to struggle what I struggle with. He doesn't live uh, in a time like we do. Oh, you're wrong. They lived in troublous times. They lived in terrible times. Yeah, he was in prophecy, but so are we. God has set forth Gentiles to bring praise. God has given you grace 
The Bible says we have so much more uh, today than what they had. We got the word of God. We got the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We got grace that is immeasurable, that never runs dry. We got God's love flowing out of us and joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. How much more do we need? How many more tears uh, do we have to shed before we get moving for God? There has to be a time in your life where you get off the altar. You know where Joshua, the Bible says, when Achan, uh, when Achan stole the bacon, that's what happened. Achan stole. The Bible says he saw, he coveted, and then he took it, right, and brought a curse to his whole family. That's what happens when you get away from God's word. You bring a curse around you, thinking it's better, but it's not. Joshua went before the Lord. What did God tell him? Get up. Get up. Get up off your face. Get up off your knees and get moving. They're sinning the camp. There comes a time where you have to put your heart into action. There comes a time where you, you're done waiting on God now. You know what God wants you to do, and it's going to take a backbone. It's going to take a Christian. It's going to take some grace. Thank God for his mercy that you're able to do it. And by the strength of Jehovah Almighty God, you can do some things in your life for God. You can get up off your face and stop the tears at the altar and do some great works for God in your life. You are God's messenger going before him to prepare the way for the Lord to do a mighty work in not only your life, your life, but your children's life, your neighbors, your, 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 your neighborhood, the, the people you work with. You say they'll never listen. They're never going to listen because they see no light. They see no love. They see no hope. And they're willing to accept death. Until they see a glimpse of glory shining from you, which is Christ. And then they'll stop and wonder. As they heard John the Baptist's voice from the deserts where no people were. But they went to him. They came to him. Because he set himself aside for God. And God used them. And God will use every single person in this room. And you don't have to be a John the Baptist. You just got to get up and say, Lord, you said in this verse right here. That for from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, that your name shall be great among the Gentiles. Lord, I want that to be me. I want to fulfill prophecy in my life. Would you use me? Sure he will. Jesus said after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. If you got the Holy Spirit of God in you, then let me say this. You got the power to do some great things for God. If I showed you a man possessed by Satan himself, and he was a sweet sitting on the bench holding a flower, uh, uh, just talking nice and sweet to everybody, you'd say, he, nah, he, that guy's not devil-possessed. But if I showed you a man uh, that, that could 
screaming and growling and foaming and picking up cars and tossing them and, 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 and throwing fireballs with his, with his hands and be able to do some magic on here on earth? You say, sure. I, I believe that man's also possessed with the devil. He sure seems like it. If I showed you a Christian possessed by God himself, saved, and they just looked like everybody else. They just acted like everybody else. There was just darkness like everybody else. There was no difference. You would say, no, I don't think that person is possessed by God, possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. No, I wouldn't think that. But if I showed you a Christian and I said, this, this person is possessed by God and they got a joy in them because they're saved and they got a love and a forgiveness for people and they go the extra mile to help somebody. And they're faithful to God and they love God and they, they read their Bible and, and they have this heartfelt passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? I would say, yeah, that person is possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. There comes a time that you realize that you're not just some ordinary person. You are a messenger of God. You are of the priesthood now. And now it's time to rise up and let your light so shine before men and let your life count for something. Let it count for Christ. Don't be captivated by the things of this world. They're empty. They leave you high and dry. And I promise you, I promise you, this world does not care about you. I promise you the company that you give your life to does not care about you. I promise you money, you give your life to money, it does not care about you. Give your life to somebody who does care. Give your life to someone who is worth living for. Be a messenger because you are a priest. You're a royal priest. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray and ask your blessing and help, Lord, um, for all of us. Lord, what are we waiting for? We are special. We are children of God. And there is nothing more we need to know. Lord, anyone born in the family of God is special. Lord, it, it takes being born in the family of Levi to be a priest. But Father, when we were born again, We've become born in the family of Christ, and now we are royal priests. Lord, we get to uh, have that title, not because we're anything great, but Lord, we are special in your eyes. And I pray we'll acknowledge that and see that and hold the name of Christ high as a banner. Lord, to show people that there is a hope, there is a life worth living for, they don't have to go to hell. Lord, that you're willing to save them and put them in the family of God. I pray, oh Lord, that you'll help all of us to rise up off the altar and get moving for you. Thank you, Lord. Help us. Give us grace to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.
heads bowed, eyes closed. If God spoke to your heart, come on down to the altar. But if there's somebody here, all heads bowed, eyes closed, if somebody in this room, you've never been saved, and God's been pressing on your heart to get saved, you've never become a child of God. You know, it takes being born in the family of Levi to be a priest. And Jesus said, you've got to be born again to be in my family. But that's possible for everybody. If you've never been saved, raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Say, I need to get saved. I've never been saved. I've never been born again. If I were to die right now, I'd go to hell. Please pray for me. I want to get saved. Would you raise your hand? You could have been in church for 10, 20 years. You can do all sorts of great things for God. Doesn't mean It doesn't mean you're saved. You've got to be born again. Anybody like it in this room? Raise your hand. You say, Pastor Phil, God spoke to me. I want my purpose back. Satan's been on me like a leech. He attached himself to me years ago. And yeah, I'm just following that same old system. But I know God's got so much better for me. I'm going to raise my hand. I want you to pray for me. That God will start me on this journey. I see those hands. God will start me on this journey. To fulfill my calling in my life. I see those hands. I see those hands everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God in heaven, thank you, oh God, for all you've done. Thank you for saving us and putting us in the priesthood. And Lord, we can come boldly to the throne of grace, Lord, at any time. Help us in Jesus' name, Lord, uh, through, by your son's blood spilt on Calvary. I pray, oh Lord, that you'll use us as individuals, Lord. Speak to us greatly. Grip us, grip our souls and stand us up and get us moving for God. Give us grace, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. Give us strength, uh, Lord, to fight. Lord, help us to put on that full armor of God and be ready always. And thank you, Lord, for the grace given, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would help us to see that your grace is sufficient for all of our needs. And Lord, help us to look to you in all we do. And may our lives be a life of praise for the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name I ask. Amen. 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 God bless you. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to keep praying for those lists and uh, uh, amen, all the pits that we're in to get out and get moving for God. The new devotionals for this year are on the back table if you didn't get one. Uh, they're $49.99 each. Now just go ahead and take one. Uh, and uh, if, if you don't have a devotional life, and this is a great tool, resource um, that you can read daily. And uh, it's on the back table out there. Also, there's little booklets and pamphlets. They're actual little books written by some uh, great uh, preachers. There's, I put a couple more out there uh, written by a few women. And uh, I pray that you'll uh, read them, take them. They're quick readers. And also, if you need any resources, you let me know. Just talk to me, um, whether it be a, a certain book on, a, on a, a topic or if you need a Bible or if, whatever you need, just let me know. And I'll work on getting that for you. Amen. Praying for you. Love you.
and take some tracts with you, hand them out, and get people saved. Amen? You are his messengers, and be that light that God wants you to be.